Amen. Thank you, Sam. Worship team. Amen. Well, this morning, I want us to uh, get into God's Word. And um, let me just, uh, the, the title of this message is simply, Another Trial? <laughs> Question mark. How many of you have had a few trials in your life? How many of you thought you had enough? And then another one always seems to appear. And I, you know, I'm finding myself back in James chapter 1 again. And uh, this uh, talks about the importance of facing trials in our faith. And when we have that perspective, listen, this is what's amazing. It says, count it all joy, the whole trial, count it all joy in your trials, knowing that God has a special purpose for you in whatever you face. Is it true? Absolutely. James chapter 1. I just love the book of James. How about you? So much wisdom, so much practical instruction. And I, you know, I look at this first chapter is like, a, it's like a survival manual for Christians. It tells us how to get through, and we need that instruction. And uh, I think it's kind of odd that some Christians just don't understand that we really do, as Christians, have to face trials and troubles. I've heard Christians say, you know, if you have enough faith, you won't have any trouble. And when I hear someone say that, I say, oh, well, come back and talk to me next year. It takes less than a year for a person who has, you know, gotten into that teaching and that, you know what, I've got trouble, I've got trials, I need to face them. And it really doesn't have much to do with how much, how much uh, faith I have. And there are some Christians, let me say, some Christians uh, really uh, believe in karma. Have you noticed that? You know what karma is? It's the idea, if you do good, you will have good luck that will come back to you. And if you do bad, then you will have bad. And this is what they think. They think that if good things are happening to you, then you must have been doing good. If, you're, if bad things are happening, then you must, be, you must have been doing bad things. And so you get what you deserve. Guess what? Bad things happen to good people. And good things happen to bad people. We're living in a world that is messed up because of sin. It's out of order. There's no justice. We realize that God is helping us to understand and to live our lives in integrity in a broken world. There's a lot of trouble. There's a lot of injustice. There's a, a lot of things that we don't understand. And that's why it's so important for us to know how to face our trials God's way. Now let's read this scripture. And then I'm going to give you a simple way of looking through it that will help you for yourself. And help you help others who are going through trials. How many of you talk to people sometimes that are having trials and troubles and they want help? And wouldn't it be great if you could give them even more 
encouragement uh, from the scripture and give them that perspective that will help them. I believe that after we study this passage today that you're going to be equipped that way. So here we are, James chapter 1, and the introduction says, James, the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's important that he introduce himself that way. And don't we all need to see ourselves that way? We serve the Lord. That's why. That's why we reach out and help others. We serve the Lord. And to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, and here, Christians among these tribes that were having troubles and trials everywhere. You know, trouble isn't anything new to Christianity. We realize that Christianity was born in the the fire of trial and adversity. And Christians in every generation have had to face the challenges of their times. Aren't you glad that we have a faith that is fit for any trial, any challenge? That as believers, God has prepared us to be able to stand in the face of any adversity. Well, verse 2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask of God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded and unstable in all that he does. Verse 9. The brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position, that is, his position in the Lord. But the one who is rich should take pride in his low position, because he will pass away like the wild flower. For the sun rises, and the scorching heat withers the plant, the blossom fails, and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich man will fade away even while he goes about his business. Verse 12, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those that love him. And so, does God understand what we're going through? Absolutely. And how much trouble does it take for us to recognize that we really need to learn to depend upon God because our strength is limited. We do not have the resources that are necessary to always emerge victoriously. You know, yesterday I was uh, turned on the television hoping to find my Saturday afternoon golf game. Any of you watch golf on Saturday afternoon? No golf yesterday, but I got interested in the triathlon. Have you watched this event? You know something about it? 
And I remember when I was in Hawaii hearing from some of the men there about how the triathlon got started in Hawaii as they were talking about which sport required the most strength and endurance. Is it the marathon? Or is it the bicycle race? Or is it swimming? And each athlete from those areas could make their case. But they thought the only way that we could determine this would be actually have a race where you have to do all three all day long and see who emerged as the champion. I'm watching that and how challenging it was for men and for women. How much training and preparation, the discipline that it takes to get ready for that race. And then they fire the cannon and they dive into the ocean and they swim and they swim two and a half miles. And then they get on their bicycles and how far do they ride? I, I don't know how many, 50 miles, something like that. And then they start the marathon and they run what? 28, 26, 28 miles, that's what a marathon is. Our daughter is a marathon runner, and we've gone and visited a few, couple of marathons where she has run. And oh my goodness, what an intense and demanding experience it is. But I'm watching that, and then I'm thinking, you know what? We need to tell Christians that what we're living here is, is a triathlon. In terms of trial after trial, year after year, challenge after challenge. And none of us is up to it apart from the grace of God. Life wears us out, even living it as well as we possibly can. And you know what? The older we get, the more we know we need God. We cannot make it. In our own strength, we absolutely need God. And you wonder why there's such a problem in our culture with addiction and mental illness and, and crime and all kinds of problems related to stress and people trying to survive. And as Christians, to take hold of God and just be determined to live our lives before him with integrity and finish well. Oh my goodness, what a wonderful thing that is. And I trust that that is your commitment, your desire to honor God. And then you realize, you know, fleeting, how fleeting success is and fame and popularity and, you know, all of the affirmation and the glory of this world. And we realize, you know what? It's better for me to live a quiet life following the Lord, a life of integrity. It's better to have that than all of the riches and all the glory that this world provides. Don't you wish that we understood this better when we were young? <laughs> you know, it's a dangerous time to be young and not understand what's really important. And uh, to help the next generation understand that, how important it is. Well, let me give you something very simple to help you understand this. And we're going to continue this next week because it's so important. But I want you to look at five simple keys. You could count them out with your fingers on one hand. 
And I want you to think about this in terms of five keys to facing a trial God's way and that you can use in your life and that you can help anyone that's going through a trial and it's all evident from this scripture. Okay, are you ready? Can you go through these five with me? Number one is, of course, God. You're facing a trial? Know this. Before anything, God is God and he's still on his throne and he's not shaken by your circumstances. Pretty important. If you think that God is something in your mind and your imagination, he goes down when you go down. But if you know that God is God, the creator of the universe, and is not shaken by our circumstances, he's still on his throne. He's just the same yesterday, today. That gives you an anchor for your soul to get through any trial. Okay, that's number, number two. God gives us grace, not what... Not what we deserve, but grace to get through any trial. Think about the grace and the mercy of God, his unmerited favor. Aren't you glad that you don't have to earn God's help to get through the trial that you face, but you can ask him for his, his grace, which comes by love, not based on our righteousness, our goodness, our character. And so how much can you ask for? As much as you need. Don't hesitate. I like to think of it where I just throw myself on God. Cast myself on Him. I want to land in His hands. Knowing that He's holding me by His grace. He's the one who's going to keep me for all eternity. And I know as if he is not shaken, if I'm in him, I will not be shaken. You ready for number three? The goal. There's a goal. God has a goal in mind with all. There's a purpose. We know Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good for those who, what, love God, called according to. Okay, so God has a purpose in this trial for me, which is very personal which is a good he doesn't want me to fail he doesn't want me to fall he wants good things to happen and if I trust him to fulfill his purpose through this I know that ultimately it will be fulfilled and so I've got to stop thinking about my goals for this situation and think about his divine purpose and suddenly I have faith to believe that the things I don't understand, the things I don't like, the things I resist, God is using them in a special way. You ready for number three? One, two, three. Oh, goal, number four. <laughs> Thank you, Ginger. <laughs> number four is the word grow. If I will submit to God in the proper way and do what he tells me to do in this trial, I am going to grow, grow, grow to be more like Jesus than I was before. Which means what? Well, it says here in this, ask God for wisdom. 
be prepared to persevere that God would strengthen your faith. Pray without wavering. And so I'm determined in this trial to grow in my faith and my character to become more and more like Jesus. And guess what? The more difficult the trial, the greater the growth. Isn't that true? Think back at your life at the most difficult things that you faced and as you turn to God, how God used those things to strengthen your faith, to help you increase in wisdom, to be for your character <clears throat> to be perfected. And then number five, the fifth one, which is simply glory. <laughs> what is, where does all this lead? It leads to the victory, the glory that God has for us in him with his son. How many of you would rather have eternal glory than lots of money? Success in this life, recognition, popularity, these things that we struck. No. Do you want the glory of God? Or do you want all that the world has to offer? I would like to have some glory that lasts for all eternity, which means I, I better be willing to give up some of the temporal things, not to compromise my faith for things that, that don't last, but keep my my what? My eye on the prize, which is the glory of God for all eternity. And so it's his glory in the Son of God for all eternity. That's what God is seeking to accomplish through all this. So what are they? Number one, God. Number two, grace. Number three, the goal. Number four, Grow, number five, glory. How many of you are ready to help somebody who's facing a trial? Just helping them walk through this understanding of God's purpose in it. Well, there's so much more that I could say. There's a, there's a song from the 70s that I used to enjoy, and I've been listening to it again by Andre Crouch, Through It All. Do you remember that song? And I pulled up the words here yesterday, and I thought, you know what? This song is just as good as it is. I'm not going to sing it for you, trust me. <laughs> I'm going to read the words to you. And uh, it's an old song, and some of you think it's old-fashioned, but you know what? The message is as good as ever. Andre Crouch, who went through some real trouble in his life, and what did he write? He wrote, I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There have been times I didn't know right from wrong, but in every situation, God gave me blessed consolation. He only gave me trials to make me strong. I've been to lots of places. I've seen a lot of faces. There have been times I felt so all alone. But in those lonely hours, those precious 
lonely hours, Jesus let me know I was his own. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon his word. So I thank God for the mountains, and I thank him for the valleys. I thank him for the storms he brought me through. You know, if I'd never had a problem, I'd never know that God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in God could do. Amen. How many of you know that God is faithful through it all? Faithful. Lord, thank you for this scripture, which helps us remember that you're not going to leave us in times of trouble. No matter how great the trial may be, you intend to see us through. Help us, Lord, we pray. Lord, we just ask you to continue to increase our faith. Lord, I know that there are some here this morning that are facing some overwhelming trials and circumstances beyond their control. Lord, we just trust you to study, to steady each heart. Lord, give us greater faith. Help us to ask you for wisdom and be determined to persevere as you help us to get through. Lord, we are so grateful that uh, you are with us in this trial. And Lord, you are causing us to grow and to be more like your son. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.